Hi, I'm Amelia. And I'm Sophie. And welcome to So Ma, So Good, a Fruits Basket reboot podcast. Here we talk about the second season of the Fruits Basket reboot. We try and keep it spoiler-free, but sometimes we slip up. So if you're avoiding spoilers, please check the episode description for timestamps, as well as for content warnings. Without further ado, enjoy the episode. So episode two. Episode two! I loved episode two. Yes, a more a much more superior episode than episode one. Yeah, episode one was fine, but it was like the only really part I really enjoyed was the student council bit. Um, mm-hmm. but this was just like a delight start to finish. Truly. Truly. I mean, just in the cold open alone, I was already losing my mind. The cold open uh, had my two favorite characters in Fruits Basket. I don't think they have names. They are Kyo's homeroom friends who call him Kyon Kyon and ask him if he's going to run a cat store multiple times in Fruits Basket. I love that. I feel like those dudes are me. Like, I feel like when I think about me as a person, if I knew Kyo, that's who I would be. Me the fuck (laughs) too. I would antagonize the fuck out of him. He he just like activates that like, he's your brother and you want to chop him instinct. Like... Yeah, they're very relatable, and I love that they're in the show, and also that they, I'm pretty sure, gave them the same jokes, like, word for word from the manga. It's perfect. It's excellent. So good. I love them. The cold open was so good. Hana's it's gay. It's so good. Uo's Hana's gay. gay. Uo's gay. Uo just loves to antagonize Kyo. I think their relationship is so funny, because she just is like, this is a dude I can kind of, like, go ham on and have fun with it. And he's like, this girl is fucking insane, and I don't know why Toru is friends with her, but (laughs) it's really fun. I love that the two of them are so good. In another life, they would be best friends. Absolutely. Just like- Like in another circumstance. They're great, and I love them. And I love watching them scream at each other in public places. And I'm very excited for the trip. I'm so excited for the trip. Uo and Hana just sitting there being like, I want to eat this food, this food, this food, this food is exactly how I find my trip to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> and then Yuki's like, are we going to see temples? Like, yeah, we could just go in between meals. Like me and Anna were like, we should get like this food, this food, this food. And like on the way to getting this food, we can see this like landmark. <laughs> yeah, no, extremely relatable. When I was in, like, when I mean, I was abroad all year this year. Um, for listeners who don't know anything about my personal life, uh, <laughs> I was studying abroad this year in Spain and Peru. And anytime I went anywhere on any trip, I was like, okay, but is there a regional food I need to try? Like, what food is here I need to try? Or, like, I was in Spain and I was like, well, the churros in the south of Spain are different than the churros in Madrid, and I have to try both kinds. Um, yeah, it's relatable. It was really fun that Hana was just like, I have to support Toru when we're wed. <laughs> and Uo! She's gay. Yes, she's gay. Girl, marry she's Uo gay. instead, so she doesn't have to, like, experience what she's about to experience. Well, I was about to say that she mentions, not by name. She mentions but- him. 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 No spoilers, but the guy at the grocery store. No spoilers, but the guy who she talks about at the grocery store. I actually didn't even realize that he, the concept of him was was introduced that early. Yeah. I don't remember her meeting him that early 
in the manga, but I don't know. I feel like there was probably a while where she was like, I feel like I have the sense that she was talking about like some guy and it was like a while before it was revealed that that guy was like that guy. This is yeah. great listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's a weird topic of discussion because we're trying to keep yeah, this relatively spoiler free and there's no way we can like go about that discussing him. Well, we can starting on Monday because I'm pretty sure he's going to be in Monday's episode. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, for those of you at home, we're recording all of these in like one sitting. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we decided to start a podcast four episodes into the season. We sure did. It's because we're quarantined. Hashtag quarantine. Oh, I, I did write down that I'm obsessed with Uo's Japanese voice actor. I don't know who she is. She's great. Um, but she's really fucking funny. And um, she has a really good rapport with Kyo's Japanese voice actor, who I also love. But the two of them together are just hilarious. It's so good. It's such a good duo. Another reason I'm very excited for Kyoto and Nara. It's, it's good in the dub, too, because um, Jerry Jewel is a king. And Uo's actress And the girl is- who plays Uo is, like, a fucking... I don't know if she's a lesbian, but she only plays lesbians. Queen. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's where I want to be in life. Voicing exclusively lesbians. I don't feel like I have a really lesbian-y voice. Especially. Listeners, let us know. Listeners, let us know. Do we have... Would we play lesbians? Would we play lesbians? That should be the name of the podcast. <laughs> Do we play lesbians? WPL, would we play lesbians? <laughs> Completely unrelated to the content of the podcast at all. People like click it and they're like, what is this? Do we play lesbians? And it's just a podcast about Fruits Basket. And they're like, what? Um, for those of you at- listening at home, we at this point in recording still haven't picked a title for our podcast. <laughs> It'll yep. probably be in the intro, which we're recording later. We're still discussing the cold open because this episode was this good. Because the cold, like, yeah, it was really just chef's kiss. It really was. But I think that is everything I have to say about the cold open. Is that it was really funny and it made me. And I also, I actually have one last thing. I like that they're a squad. I think that it's cute that they're a little squad now, and it's not just like they all it's not like Toru and her two friends and then like her trying to be friends with like Kyo and Yuki separately like they're they've they've formed a squad they're a team now and it's really cute and I like it it is cute I I I think it's nice that like Kyo and Yuki can have friends like actual friends who like like them for who they are and not the fan club or whatever Mm -hmm. um like it's nice I guess specifically for Yuki that he can have friends who just like know who he is and are fine with it. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not super close, but they're just, like, chill people that will hang out with him because yeah. they have friends in common. It's cute, and I like it. And obviously it's nice It's nice for Kyo, too, to be able to have friends outside of the Somas, but, like, I don't know, their situations are different. Kyo has friends. Yeah. Who And Yuki didn't really have friends. And Kyo did before, but... All right. My next note was that I thought it was really funny that Kazuma reads Sugar Ray's books. <laughs> Oh my god, I just, like, kicked my mic stand, um, which is a shoebox on my bed. Um, <laughs> Do you think he reads Sugar Ray's Smut? Huh. Wait, I think he does. I don't know if I, I like that. Reads it. Huh? 
Hana and Kazuma having a sugary smut. Book right, they club. do. Oh my god! I think because I think they both do read them. I can't. I know wait. for a fact that Hana does, but yeah. Oh my god, that's how they meet King. at their book club. Book club, and it's and it's Hana, Kazuma, Kitamitsu. I feel like Motoko. What is her name? Mo- Mokoto, Mokoto reads them too. Makoto reads them, and also the um, president, the previous president of student council reads them as well. Yeah. Because he's gay. Yeah. Because well, I know he's gay. Well, he's obsessed, he's with, obsessed Yuki. with Yuki. Yuki's got all the men's. Everyone wants to be Yuki's boyfriend. Um, Who could blame him? Yeah. Right. Oh, before we get to... Or wait. Yeah, this is, this is the episode where they're all like, what do we do about our future? Because I think in the beginning, they're like, we're having parent-teacher conferences. Yeah. Right? N- yes. But I think they just announced it. Yes. Correct. And um, it makes me sad. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely, like, that is something that, like, really, like, ties sort of a lot of their experiences together is their lack of agency. Like, they're all teenagers trying to prepare because like in like you're in high school and everyone's like really shoving it down your throat like trying to get you to be prepared for adulthood and figuring out your life and like it's just them being surrounded by this but feeling like they don't have control over that like they can't participate in the same thing the rest of their peer group is doing because they are a soma and Akito uh, owns their shit um, and can decide arbitrarily, like, you can't date that person, you can't work this job, you're gonna go to, like, uh, and so they are like, okay, everyone's up my ass about, like, what are you gonna do about your future? And it's like, I don't know, man. Whatever my nutcase head of the family decides because i don't own my life which is so sad imagine being 16 and just like being like i don't actually have a future i just am here this is like this is my taste of freedom is this is the like i'm let out in the backyard for high school and this is what i have and when i graduate i i'm done like that's it um, and then Toru doesn't have the same issue, but she also has no model for, like, how to be a person. Because everyone she knows, or, like, all the adults in her life died young. Um, like, how old was her was Kyoko when she died? Like, because Kyoko was young when she, she had... She like was, like, a first year in high school. Yeah. She was, like, 14. No, but how old was Kyoko? Well, she was 17 when she had her. She was, like, in her early 30s. Yeah. Late 20s. I can't do math. You know I can't do math. <laughs> Very young. Neither can I. Um, I should be able to, but I can't. <laughs> but it's like, so her dad died before she really could barely remember him. And then her mom died, like, in her 30s. And so Toru's just like, I don't know. I'll get a job. She doesn't know what that job is. She's just, like, ambiguously, like, well, I'll do something. So I think they all kind of share this, like, feeling of not 
knowing what they want to do because they also don't feel like they have permission or either permission or like a choice. So it's like, why why have dreams or ask like, why care about this when it's not up to me? So, yeah. Grim. Yeah. Fucked up. We're gonna have to follow that up. Yeah. Well, the rest of the episode was not that dark. Um, I, I disagree. I think there were a lot of really dark scenes in this episode. Because I was about to... The like, next thing that happens chronologically... I mean, so they go to Cosmo's house. Yeah. And then they like have a, whatever, a conversation. And then they show the flashback of Kyo yeah. and Kazuna, which I think, I don't, I, I have to go look at what the panels looked like in the manga, but I feel like those are, remind me if I'm wrong, I think those were the panels where I was looking at it and I was like, if Kyo ever tried to kill himself, it was then. Yeah. I actually like kind of didn't really like the way that they portrayed it in the show because I didn't think, it didn't give me the same visceral feeling that the manga does. Yeah. With that scene. Like, the colors were very muted. It's, like, all blue, gray, brown, and green. Like, I do remember in the manga that it was gray tone. Like, it was a dark, dark scene. But, like, I don't know, it was very, like, just muted. And, like, it... I, I don't know, it just didn't really work for me. Yeah. Like, the art direction didn't work for me. And then they all still suffer from the faces are not super animate, Not animated, but not super expressive. And yeah. so that would have been the only thing that could have made up for that. And it kind of didn't. Yeah. But I did think, like, like you know, Kazuma, obviously, like, pulling at Kyo's limp arm is always going to be impactful. But the rest of it, like, wasn't for me. Yeah. I don't know. What did you think? I agree. Like, I definitely, like, reading that in the manga is, like, a gut punch. Like, it's one of the, like, Fruits Basket will give you a good gut punch sometimes. Like, just, like, you see this and you're like, that's awful. And this... Like, it's just really like hits you, but this it was just like, I it was it was just kind of like this is sad, and I like Kyo and I don't want him to be. S- this is sad. It's sad, and it was also a little like confusing. Yeah, there was also. I mean, it could have also been confusing because of Fruits Basket. Like I said before, it does have pacing issues sometimes, and I felt this episode had a lot of pacing issues. It was a good episode, mm-hmm. but. It really, like, brought you back and forth between a lot of things with, like, very little transition or, like, room to react. Yeah. And it's partially because of the way that it's written originally. Like, Kazuma getting called to Kyo's bio dad's house in the middle of lunch is a very strange thing to write (laughs) to begin with. Yeah. And so I can't really blame them for not transitioning gracefully in the TV show, but it's still, like, pacing. Like, the whole episode felt a little weird. I agree. Kyo has definitely, like, it come, come really far. Like, I think that this episode did really highlight how much he has. Like, I mean, it's, like, pointed out, like, Cosmo's, like, look how much he's changed. But, like, aside from, like, Cosmo saying it to you, like, you see it. Like, you see it in the way that he's, like, he's he smiles way more, like, multiple times during the episode. He jokes around with Toru. He's... He's, like, happy. He's enjoying himself. He's having a good time. Like, he's cooking and, like, hanging out. And, like, it's, like, this is, like, the happiest he's been since, like, who knows when. Like, 
Kitamitsu pops in and is like, what the fuck happened to him? Why is he, like, he's, like, who's this, this girl? Why is he, like, te- like, why are they joking around with each other? Like, what the hell? Um, I didn't know he was able to do this with literally anyone other than his father. I wrote one of the things that I really loved in this episode, going off that as well, is the physicality that they, that Toru and Kyo have in the reboot is so freaking cute. It's so cute. And it's adapted so well. And it just, they just look like they're best friends and they like are so familiar with each other. And it's, they did a, obviously a really good job on the two of them in, in particular. Like there's like the moments you can see where it's like clearly like, like, they, like, are touching each other, but even just, like, the way, like, they move around each other, I think is true. Like, I remember I was watching them, like, walking, and the way that, like, Toru, like, talks to him and, like, jumps and dances out in front of him to chat or, like, say something, and, like, they sit, like, the way they sit on the floor next to each other just kind of, like, leaned over and, like, relax. It's very, like, you can, yeah, they, you can tell they're close just from their body language, which I think is really well, well done. And we don't, like, and I like that their physicality, like Toru's physicality with Kyo, is different than like with Yuki. Yeah, it's just good. It's it's good. It's, it's good. It's really good. I like it's. It's the little cat. Le- I like. I mean, everyone loves the head bonk and the little like swat her in the face. Like, I don't know. It's like Kyo's a really physical character. Like, mm-hmm. that's consistent whether he's like trying to kick your ass or is like hauling momiji around because momiji's being a brat or you know like he he touches people he manhandles them and like toru it's like they have their own little physicality which is like tinted by like okay i can't transform like he has like there's like rules there's limits like he can bonk her head and swat her and they can grab at each other's hands and stuff but like they can't hug and so I think it gives, it, it's very, it's very sweet and well done. And they do a good job. They do a good job at showing Kyo and like the way he expresses himself through the way he manhandles people. <laughs> like, or uh, his like, because Yuki, yeah, Yuki doesn't touch people. And when Yuki is like messing with, it's like he'll, like he he does this, like he likes to flirt with Toru every now and then just to like, watch her turn red um which is so funny but it's a different thing than what Kyo and Toru do which is like kind of like Yuki joking around but also not really knowing what he's doing versus like Kyo and Toru having a very sort of natural affection with each other it's just that good shit it's that good shit yeah it's just like a god tier headship it is it's like truly like can i think of a headship i like more i'm thinking very hard i think it might be my favorite there's like classics like like i like like elizabeth bennett and mr darcy and stuff like that but like it's not it's it's not kyo and toru headships i really like but i don't know like i'm the the only for some reason the only one i can think of right now is Mulder and scully um they are valid though which is an excellent headship but i don't know if it's as good as kyo and toru 
Yeah. I mean, like, Hyo and Toru... They're just too different. They're also, like, way too different to compare, Totally to different dynamics, but... And characters, but... Totally different. Like, definitely, like, Hyo and Toru is, like, romance of the ages. Like, it's, like, when I think of, like, romances that I've read that have really impacted me, like, it's way up at the top of the list. Like, way up high with, like, things that, like... This, like, shaped some of my idea of, like, things I think are really romantic. Mm-hmm. Like, the soup. It's about the soup. <laughs> we, this was obviously in season soup. one, um, and not ha- did not happen in this episode. Um, and people were sad it didn't get its own episode, but, like, I understand why it happened. But, like, they just have, they, they love each other so much, and it's, like, this really natural, like, they're best friends, and they care so much about each other. And they love, like, it's that, you know what it has? It's that that thing that I love in romances where it's, like, this person, like, I'm in love with this person. Like, it's driving me crazy. But they're also my best friend, and I care so much about having them around that I'm afraid to change what we already have because the idea that I could lose even this is, like, too much. You know? Sophie's computer froze. Amelia went on a huge monologue about the beautiful love of Kyo and Toru, and I missed all of it, so I can't respond. Yeah. But I'm sure it was great, and I'm sure I agree. Craig maybe caught it. Craig, our silent third member of the podcast. I think it's a testament to how well their romance is written, that it um, inspires, like, passionate monologues from me at a moment's notice. Oh. <laughs> it's just good shit. It's just good head shit. It's really exceptionally good. Like, Yuki is, like, probably the best character in the story, but Kyo and Toru is the best, is the best romance, uh, without a doubt. Agree. Hard agree. The next thing I had written down, actually, was, and I think we, we're still going, we're still talking chronologically. Good for us. Yeah. Um, let's go. The next thing was about, it was about the scene with, um, with Kyo's bio dad, who I don't think has a name. Yeah. Right? doesn't yeah. matter mr kyo's dad bastard man mr bio dad i think i'm just gonna call him bio dad sperm donor for for ease he uh-uh. sucks ass he's a shithead and we all hate him he's bad he's a bad person i don't know why he lives in a giant record collection for some reason that really <laughs> confused me the set design of, of where they decided to have this conversation was very confusing for me. Don't know why he had a phonograph. Seems like kind of a strange thing to like just own. Like a like not like a record player. Like he has like a phonograph, right? I I don't know about audio equipment. I don't know how that works. It's like the old fashioned record players that have the big horn. Okay, that's what that's called. It's called a phonograph. Sexy. And, he, and like, it's not like, like, a, like, I have a record player, but like, it's just a record player. So I don't know why he, they gave him that. And then I don't know why they gave him a wall full of records. I just think it was a very strange design choice. It's because and I he's truly a broken record. He's a broken that's, record. If that's the reason that they picked it, that would be a really weak metaphor. Because, no, like, the record skips, and it's like, he's... I think that's literally what they did, because, like, he just keeps saying the same dumb shit over and over again that, like, isn't really true, 
but it's what he's convinced himself. And so he's a broken record just saying the same shitty things over and over again. I think that's what that was. A nose for me, dog. It's a no for me, dog. <laughs> it's, a no, it's a no from Sophie. It's a weak metaphor and it was a confusing set choice. Because <laughs> it was weird because like, I think they utilized it well. Like I wrote that the sound design, specifically the music choice in the scene was really good. Like, the music in that scene was really good. And that they have the record skip, and they also have the music get, like, loud very suddenly, as well as the dialogue getting loud very suddenly. Like, it's really well, like, sound design. It sounded really good. But, uh, yeah, didn't like the visual metaphor. I liked that he, you know, we go from Cosimo's very Eastern-style house that is in a dojo to Kyo's very, like, Western-style house. They do a lot of it in Fruits Basket, and mm-hmm. they, like, kind of, like, change, like... But, like, sometimes, like, they'll portray, like, the Eastern stuff as, like, oppressive and, like, old-fashioned and, like, why, like, you know, the Soma kids are just, like, in the clutches of this, like, old, old tradition. And then, like, they'll do the opposite with the Western stuff. Um, But then sometimes with, like, Kyo's parents and also Yuki's parents, a similar thing where, like, they're very different from what they know. um, And they, I don't know. I think it's kind of like, it, it, I think it might be in some ways just to show that, like, they're a part of their life in a different way that the curse is. Like, they were a shitty, abusive mm-hmm. part of their life, but they weren't, like, the magical, crazy bullshit that the Soma curse in Akito is to them. Like, they're just, mm-hmm. like, normal shitty. <laughs> it's, like, mundane, but it's also... Just, like, the mundane cruelty. Yeah, it was a good scene, but the jump into it, the jump out of it was weird. Yeah. I liked the Japanese voice actor. You said you didn't like the English voice actor. The English voice actor for the guy, I don't know, he didn't He didn't sound crazy enough. He just sounded kind of like a sad old man, but he didn't have like that unhinged energy that I feel like he should have had. Because mm-hmm. Kyo's dad is like... Did you watch the episode in Japanese? Yeah, I've seen them both. But, because Kyo's dad is like insane. Um... Right. And no, totally this right. guy just seemed like angry and bitter and but his he, he was kind of expressionless. Like he was the voice acting was a little wooden in my opinion in English. I yeah. liked it better in Japanese. But yeah. Kyosad sucks. Yeah, Kyosad sucks out. One of the undepletable supplies of shitty parents in Fruits Basket. Truly. We have all we have is King Kazuma and Kyoko, and also Hiro's mom, and Hiro's mom, the golden trio <laughs> of not and Kisa's mom, but she's on thin ice. Yeah, <laughs> Kisa's mom, but she's on thin ice. Yeah, what are, <laughs> are Haru's parents fine? And she, I think they're fine. And Shigure like doesn't talk to his parents, but that's just because he's like, I don't like them. He's like a freak. Like we can't really judge him. He's like whatever. <laughs> like I, I assume they were like medium and yeah yeah Hero's mom is the only mom that i would say is like a good parent yeah out of all the soma parents and then like kisa's mom something nice ritsu's mom um is an ally but um she did give ritsu a complex (laughs) (laughs) but she's also an ally she's like a loving parent but like a loving parent that has like issues of her own that like she has given to her child Exactly. Yeah, Haru's parents, I don't, I think he probably 
has a decent relationship with his parents. Yeah. Like, apparently his mom is, like, takes forever to get ready. Apparently she's just into his aesthetics as he is. Yeah. I mean, you gotta. Yeah. Haru really, like, goes off. Like, I love that he's just, like, tits out constantly. Like, unbuttons, like, the top three buttons, unbuttons, like, the bottom three buttons. Just, like... Every time I, I watch Fruits Basket and they're, like, in school, I think about how their school has the the most lax dress code of any Japanese school in the entire country. Well, I mean... Like, did you know in Japan, um, a lot of schools require you, if you don't have black or brown hair, they it's part of the dress code that you have to dye it. You have to dye your hair what? black or brown if it's not, if it's not black or brown. Okay, wild. And so, like, it's pretty wild that, like, Uo has dyed blonde hair because, like, you would not be able to dye your blonde hair in a public school in Japan. Yeah. Well, it's Fruits Basket. It It is funny how it's, like, they're, like, dye, I mean, they don't make Yuki dye his fucking silver hair. Again, they're, just they're like, they like, they ass, and maybe they just think that, just... like, Yuki, like, went gray. Just from just from stress, he went crazy. Just from stress, the stress of being so beautiful that he yeah. went gray. They're like um, this kid's when been the children grow hair again. <laughs> okay, we can't do this again. Uh- <laughs> um, the last thing I had written down was about their conversation and sugar. Eh? I have nothing except uh, I watched the dub and remembered how Momiji's voice acted and went, oh god, right. It's not good. It's bad. It's not good in Japanese either. Yeah. I actually had a note for a different episode that Momiji is in. I just wrote, like, I hate Japanese. I I hate Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I hate his Japanese voice actor, and I also don't like his American voice actor. It's not great. They're really doing him dirty. I love him so much, they but really they make are. him sound so annoying. I know. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So Kyo and Toru's conversation when they are back at home eating soba noodles with some um, weed. Um, <laughs> oh, I did say that I think it's really cute that they just include, like, the fact that Kyo is a 16-year-old boy and gets hungry in the middle of the night because he's growing. <laughs> just, like... Cute. he gets up and he's like time to make new it reminds me of my little brother like my little brother is like 17 like he's mostly grown out of this but there was a while where he was growing really fast and he would like wake up at like 1am and make himself spaghetti like <laughs> yo just like eating pasta in the middle of the night watching adventure time that was my brother and so <laughs> that's like what Kyo making noodles in the middle of the night reminds me of is he's just like going through puberty and growing really fast and his body's like, I need carbs. He's so sweet. I love him. Yeah. But I love their conversation. Um, I think it really shows how well Kyo knows Toru. Yeah. And also that Kyo is really good at listening to her. Mm-hmm. And he like knows exactly, like, she's like, oh, I'm sorry for crying. And he's like, it's fine. Like, this is yeah. just how you act. Yeah. Like, I'm used to it. Like, it's so, it's, like, so great to see his growth from the beginning of being like, oh, God, why are you crying? To him being like, this is just what you do. Like, it's fine. Just cry. Yeah. 
Oh, he's so they're so cute. He's like so thoughtful, and it's like it's definitely like he knows her really well. Like mm-hmm. he's like talking about like he doesn't like it's clear that he's like he doesn't want to stress her out about the fact that he's about to be locked um in a room for the rest of his life, so he's like dodging around it. But like he's also like I mean you get it and she doesn't know she gets it but like he does because he knows her so well he's like you clearly are refusing to think about your future because it terrifies you because you've lost like your mother and you don't have any real like guidance or any kind of model to follow on like how to be an adult and she's like why the fuck do you know this about me (laughs) like immediately bursts into tears and he's just like, yeah, but it's, it's like, he just, yeah, he knows that's just like part of how she is and kind of like what Toru needs to be a functioning person is sometimes Toru locks her bo- emotions in a bottle and Kyo is like, okay, we're going to take this out and deal with this and you're going to cry all over everything. She's like, I don't want to bother you with my crying. And he's like, this is, this is you. This is fine. I'm used to that. <laughs> Yeah. It's so sweet. It's like he learned like so fast that like Toru will always put other people's emotions over hers. Yeah. And he just knows how to get it out of her. And he like so like shows her that like she deserves to like be treated the way that like she treats her friends. Yeah. Also, he knows he's in love with her and she doesn't know she's in love with him. So there's that. Yeah. God. It's definitely like, it's like... She model. She gives the heartfelt monologue to everyone else, but Kyo will give her the monologue back. You know, true. It's they're really there for each other. And then they had that, they had that whole nice conversation, and then they ruined it with the shoujo bubbles. So <sighs> many shoujo bubbles. So many at jo- the end, and I was like, why? Oh, I'm watching a shoujo. <laughs> <laughs> because I can't really fault the director for putting shoujo bubbles in, but I just didn't like them. I don't know. I think they're kind of fun. I think it's very cheesy. I I watched this this K drama that literally like put, it's got like it's live action, but it's got the shoujo bubbles, and but it mm-hmm. it's so funny. But it's like it's more it's more like it's kind of like Oron in the sense that it's kind of like kind of satirical and self referential. So it's like over the top, but like on purpose. It has like cartoon yeah. physics. It's hilarious. Anyway, um, yeah. well that. Like Oron, like it's like it's like that too. Like it's self-aware. Yeah. But like Fruits Basket just goes to these highs, these like shoujo highs, but it also goes to these like extremely dark places. And that's why for me it's so like disconcerting to like what look at these shoujo bubbles when like all the other stuff is happening. But it's like, like earlier in the episode it was like Kazuma tugging at Kyo's limp arm, like yeah, or, or like fucking like Kyo's dad just saying like that monster can't live in society, and then I'd have to look at these show bubbles. Yeah, but it's it's fruits basket. Like that's what it is. At least we have Shigure to break the tension, give a oh good metaphor, and then um, be a freak. <laughs> <laughs> I love Shigure, and I love. I mean, I just like I had to like go and like put like rewind and just watch Kyo like fly across the room like multiple times because it's (laughs) so funny and it reminds me so much of when my dog 
got introduced to my cat and my cat like flew across the room and knocked over like five houseplants. <laughs> like that's exactly the energy it had. Um, and it's so fucking funny. I think this is like a perfect Sugar Ray moment. I feel like it's like a lot of his character in a nutshell where there's like three or there's like several layers like happening. There's like the layer where like Shigure will be a genuinely nice guy. Like Shigure will genuinely like go and give you genuinely useful, thoughtful advice or let a bunch of like weird teenagers live in his house. Like he let he brought Yuki over to stay. He didn't have to necessarily let you I just remember why he lives in that house. Anyway, um <laughs> like on some level, like Shigure will do very genuinely nice things, but then it's also like Shigure has like the ulterior motive of like wanting a noodles. Um B <laughs> like the the, he, the like superiority of giving advice to teenagers. Yeah, the superiority of like being the cool like he's like 26, right? Like <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah, he's like my age. And then also like want kind of like uh preparing Toru for like the task of like breaking the curse you know like i feel like on some level that's what he was doing because like that's that's like part of why he wants toru there is to like break the curse um because he sees her as this agent of change and he knows that the family Mm -hmm. is a crazy mess that seems like an insurmountable problem and so like giving her this speech about like just taking it one step at a time I think is also about like dealing with this crazy uh magic cult one step at a time. Yeah. And then also it's fun to fuck with Kyo and get free noodles. So it's like the three levels of like we'll do kind of genuinely nice things, has some kind of weird long-term scheme and is also just motivated by entertainment. Like that sugar in a nutshell. I'm a for more Shigure this season. He's so fun. He's such... He's so fun. He's like, there's not a a lot of characters that are like him. You know? Like, Shigure is very specific and very consistent and very entertaining. And, like, he's this weird, like, gray... Like, this character with very gray morals who's very, like selfishly motivated but not necessarily malicious and i don't see that a lot in other pieces of fiction which is why he's so much fun oh. he's just good yeah. just love a good sugar eh? hey guys and thanks for listening advice. to this week's podcast check us okay, out on twitter advice. and tumblr actually for a high schooler so if there's anything yeah. you want to ask us or any topics you so want us to discuss two. be sure to hit that's us on social media thanks and see you next time